Hi there, this is Wade Kipley, and you are listening to Wednesday with Wade. Now, 2020 is, for the lack of a better word, crazy. Teachers are seeing the craziness firsthand this fall. Every Wednesday, I'm going to dialogue with a teacher about learning, about teaching, leading, living, and growing in a year unlike any other. So, join me and my guest every Wednesday on Wednesday with Wade. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Wade here. This is episode 19, Wednesday with Wade. I am joined by a couple legends in the social studies department at Washington High School. Uh, first here, I've got Allie Turhorst, and next to her, I've got Jamie Van Sloten-Nuzma. It is also Jamie's birthday, so a special happy birthday to Jamie. Ladies, we just got done with the first day of semester class. How are we feeling? Good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right. I mean, I'm a little weary from the whole semester, but I'm feeling all right. Yeah, there were a lot of changes this year with COVID, with the new testing platform. Um, there was just a lot of changes, but overall, it went well. And my AP World History scores were awesome, so I was really proud of those kids. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. Awesome. awesome. I think my kids did about the best they ever have. So. We'll we'll take that as well. Um, So first thing, ladies, I always do with my guests, um, so the listeners can get to know you a little bit, is just talk about your journey uh, to where you are right now. Um, Include whatever you might want to. Uh, Allie, we'll start with you, your journey to where you are. All right. Well, I was a psych major in college. I went to high school at a small town um, in Iowa called Eagle Grove. We we're just um, north of Des Moines. And um, <clears throat> I went to Northwestern in Orange City, Iowa, and I majored in psychology. And I thought at the time that I wanted to be a guidance counselor. I um, really, and maybe even just counseling, just like sitting kind of in a room like this and just talking about how you're doing and really getting those deep questions. And um, then when I was in school, as some moms do, my mom was like, you know, you should have a plan B just in case this whole counseling gig doesn't work out. And what if when you have children, you want to spend time, like have better hours, or maybe you should be a teacher. And I was like, well, to suffice my mother, I'll do a secondary education and maybe I'll be a guidance counselor. Like I could do that. So I did that. And my education classes were interesting. And I did my student teaching actually here at Washington um, under a teacher named Carolyn Ebright. And she was the psychology teacher here. And um, I still had every intention of actually just teaching for a little bit and then going back and getting my master's in guidance counseling. And um, frankly, didn't know if I would get a job in psychology because that's just such a specified, special field, I guess. Um, And so I didn't know if I would even get a job. So I thought maybe I'd go right into my master's. But she, the teacher, Carolyn Ebert, um, she actually got a job in Brandon and we had such a good relationship that she called me, um, the minute she's put in her letter of resignation and said, put in your application today. 
So I put the application in the day of, and um, I got the job July of that year, 2006. So it was, uh, I, I still did not think that year that I was going to get a job. Uh-huh. So it was pretty late. So what was the month difference from when she resigned? June. Or was June, June or it was a bit, they, they wanted to work pretty quickly. Okay. Um, so I then became, um, I got my job and I, she was in this room. So I've been in the same room. This is my 15th year. I'm just going on my 15th year or currently in my 15th year of teaching. Um, at Wash- All my years have been at Washington High School. Um, I taught, when I first started, there was just three sections of psychology. And then, oh, excuse me. I taught, yeah, three sections of psychology and then two sections of government. And I was only qualified to teach government because of AP classes that I took in high school. So I, it was brutal the first <laughs> few years of teaching that because the kid, there's a lot to know about government as we know <laughs> in their most recent months. Um, but I, I, it was, it was a rough year of that. Of I had, I taught that for like three years and then the psychology classes grew enough that I taught that um, with all my classes. So currently I teach psych one, psych two, AP psych. And I'm in my third year of teaching a class called teacher pathway. Um, it's a dual credit class for kids who want to become future teachers. And we just kind of dip our toes in everything from classroom management to lesson planning to the history of education. So that's uh, my journey in Great. education. Very cool. Yeah. All right, let's transition over to the birthday girl, Jamie. Right. Your journey um, to where you are. Well, I am also from Iowa. Mm-hmm. So Woo-hoo! we tend to get a lot of. Um, jokes about Iowa girls in our department. But um, so I'm from Sioux Center, Iowa, originally. Um, I have known that I have wanted to be a history teacher since about eighth grade. Um, When I look back, even starting in third grade already, my favorite courses, my favorite classes that I had were social studies classes. Um, And then in eighth grade, I had a teacher who really brought eighth grade U.S. history to life. Her name was Leah Mao. Um, And I just... I got really into history in eighth grade. Um, the thing about her is she gave me a lot of roles. I was Robert E. Lee in the Civil War simulation. I was the narrator of a, another simulation we had. And so I felt really involved in the class and it spurred my passion for history even more. And I wanted to teach it. I wanted to be like her. Um, I went to the University of South Dakota, go Yotes. Um, I graduated from there in 07, and I majored in history and secondary education. And then I taught one year at Whittier Middle School while I also got my master's degree. Um, And then I came to Washington. So this is my 14th year teaching overall and my 13th year at Washington High School. Um, I, my passion is world history. That's kind of where I started teaching and with my history degree. Um, and now I've been teaching AP world history. And that's that's where my passion lies. But I've taught anything from, I also teach psychology. I have taught government. I've taught ancient history, AP history, regular history. 
Um, I've taught like an American Perspectives Current Events class. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of courses, but I would say my passion in here at Washington and my legacy will be AP World History will be World History. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. excellent. Let's uh, let's transition into one of a couple topics we're going to go into. Uh, Jamie, I think you're you're leading us on this one, and it's talking a little bit about um, our experiences in high school and kind of how they've shaped who we are today. Am I describing that? Yeah. Well, okay. So go ahead, lead us. Yeah. So I guess where I really think about this is I think about the opportunities I had in high school. And I was from a smaller town as well. The center has about 7,500 people in it. Um, and I was involved in a lot of activities. And here at Washington High School, one of our pillars of the circle of courage. And one of our main pushes is belonging, getting students to get involved in activities. Um, and that just resonates with me because I feel like all of the activities that I was involved in in high school really helped shape who I am. And it helped me have a lot of pride in being a Sioux Center warrior. We were also the warriors. Um, it helped me just really feel a lot of pride in my school and also who I was and build skills that still help me today and have built who I am. And I think that as a teacher now in a high school that pushes for kids to get involved, my high school experiences make me understand for students who are in high school how valuable those experiences are for them. So I care about not only their academics in my classroom, but I also want to know how their basketball game went. I want to know how the show choir competition went. Um, I am a senior class advisor, so we plan prom, graduation. I get genuinely excited for prom mm -hmm. because I love my prom and I helped plan prom in high school. So I think my involvement and my activities that I had helped me to share that passion and excitement for my students and help to have a broader perspective than just academic content for my students. Mm -hmm. Um, and helps me push them to get involved in things as well. Um, so I guess I just, getting involved in high school, being involved in high school, having those experiences helped me to become a better teacher and helped me to relate to students on a more personal level um, and feel that school, that school pride and that school spirit at Washington that I had growing up in a smaller town. I think when you live in a big when you go to a bigger high school like Washington, that can lack the school spirit, the camaraderie, the we are warriors. It can be more difficult for a school of 2000 kids to feel that connection. And I feel like Washington has done a very great job of trying to foster that school spirit in such a large community that we have. Um, and I think a lot of teachers like myself and like Allison or Allie, who went to a small school as well and felt that school spirit, want to continue that tradition at Washington, even though we are a larger school. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that I was in basketball. So in a small school, you can do a lot of activities. You can do almost everything in a small school. Um, I was in student council. I was in basketball. I was in band. I was involved in my church group. I was a student ambassador. So it's not like I was just an athlete. I was in, I was in National Honor Society. So there was like academics, athletics, 
student government, fine arts. So I don't think that I'm pigeonholed as a teacher to say, oh, you're just a sports person. You only want to talk to the sports kids. You only know how their state championship feels. You don't know how the winning of the band competition feels. Like I do. I know how all of it feels. And so I just think that that's really, really helped enrich my teaching experience. I love that. And then let me ask you this, and this is just kind of a, a silly question. But mm -hmm. uh, so in the yearbook, were you on about every single page? There was a lot. I was yeah. in charge of the yearbook. <laughs> Actually, awesome. only the best pictures. I was on yeah. the yearbook committee. So you, yes, yeah. you can bet I was on every page uh, if I was on <laughs> Yes, I was in a lot of activities. Yeah. But you, but uh, there were a lot of people in my school that were because I feel like you could in a small town because yeah. you needed to. We needed people to be involved. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And well-rounded. Well-rounded. Well that it just gives you so such better perspective and skill sets. Mm -hmm. Skill sets that you use in your career, too. And going back to Washington, I feel like that's something Washington does well at is trying to get well-rounded students as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do have students who are athletes and in student government and in a fine arts activity also. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's quite remarkable for as large of a school that we have. I yeah. think I think as a staff, we do a good job of, of promoting that, yeah. of saying, you know, there's so many coaches, um, not here, I don't think, but so many coaches around that, you know, don't want their kids to play another sport so they can specialize in this. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. we are the antithesis of that, which um, I love because I was a four sport athlete, ended up not being good at any of them uh, because of that. But do more. You're going to create more experiences, uh, create more relationships. I think that's the biggest thing that I, I gained um, from being in multiple things is I've got lifelong friends now. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's something we definitely do a good job of is saying, no, don't, don't just focus on this one thing. If you can, if you can do multiple things and do it well. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you too. I also did not post high school did not excel really at any of those specific <laughs> things. Um, however, I do still feel like the skill set and the confidence and the ability to just just try new things mm -hmm. and to continue to try new things comes and stems from all those experiences in high school. Absolutely. If you could go back and be a part of one of those groups. That you one that you just miss okay. the most. Um, again, loved them all, but basketball was that you know that's probably was the biggest time commitment and the, my more of my passion. Again, I was not very good. I played and I started actually, but I wasn't the best standout player. Um, but I was aggressive and I hustled. And I was an amazing, scrappy. I was scrappy. That's a good word. I was scrappy and I was a good defensive player. I didn't score a lot of points, but I was a defensive player. And so I loved that. And that was my passion. And that was a lot of fun. And, you know, you played with those girls since fifth grade on in a small town, you played together. Um, and so some of my, my better friends and my group connections and, and of course coaches, you know, they just put your coaches, put their heart and soul into, um, into their athletes and so yeah I would say basketball definitely yeah so what did you do when you were in high school I did well I played volleyball and I was on the golf team and played softball so I was a three-sport athlete um and then I was 
on the Jets team, which Ooh. was a competition like science and math. I don't know how I'm terrible at science and math. I feel like the, the like I was low on the total pole, and it was just like a, let's just bring her in for like is that an warm body. Or yeah, it's like engineering. Never it's like an engineering group. Was and it just an actual thing? I feel like it is. And there's competitions. And yeah. I remember being in those competitions being like, this is foreign to me. I don't even know what these, but I was <laughs> on Jets. So uh, there was that National Honor Society. Um, I love it. I've never, I've never heard of that. Mathlete was a pretty much probably the version of a math. It'd be like a mathlete. Have you yeah. heard of? I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh, Science Olympiad, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You haven't. No. I'm trying to. There was. I, I envisioned something from my high school days. Oh, like I think it was. That would yes. be similar to Jets. Could be. I would be like recommended it, by a science teacher. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you, you'd probably be yeah. like that. Yeah, so that sounds similar. Yeah. All right. Yeah, high school experiences uh, making us better, and I, I honestly feel like um, a lot of the habits that I created through sports activities, whatever the case may be, I I still have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether some are good, some are bad, um, but there's just so many that, that last with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge too. Well, and another thing with that is I was really, really busy in high school. I did all those activities. I cared about my grades, so I had schoolwork. I also had a job. I worked at a bakery in Sioux Center, a delicious bakery (laughs) in Sioux Center. Um, I can attest to that. And so I was very busy. Like, I would come home on Sundays, and I would just, like, sleep all Sunday afternoon and go, go, go. I think I was busier then than even as an adult. And I think that adults in general can tend to think that high school students are not as busy and they don't have the responsibilities of life yet. So it's not as big of a deal and they shouldn't have the stress that they have. But I think that I remember being very busy (laughs) and I remember being tired. And so even though I loved every minute of it, I think, again, going to that understanding as a teacher, I feel like I can understand that my students actually are really busy. Mm -hmm. I don't ever sit there and look at them and think, oh, you don't even know what it's like yet. I mean, I had a high school teacher, actually, who was a wonderful teacher. I thought she was amazing. But she would quite often say that to us. Like, you guys don't even know yet what it's like. And I, and I, tell, my high, I tell my students that all the time. I'm like, no, you do know what it's like. You are multitasking. You have responsibility. You are doing multiple activities. You have academics you a lot of you are working jobs i have some students right now in my ap world history working two jobs um because i saw them at both of their jobs and I was like, <laughs> what? you work here too i mean they are busy people and so i think just all that experience that i had in high school and just knowing all those different activities like i know what it's like and i can em- i can empathize with them i hate when people say that mm-hmm. like you don't know what it's like for kids because, like, yes, there are a lot of responsibilities as an adult that I didn't have as a ch- child and I didn't even know existed and were not on my mind. But someone once asked me that, like, don't you just wish you could go back to high school where you didn't know about this or that or didn't have this experience and your only worry was this? And I, I kind of think 
No, because at that time, yeah, maybe me thinking about like a boyfriend breaking up with me is, was like the most terrible thing of my life at that time. But that, it was like in my own experience, it's still a terrible time and I didn't know any different. So you're, it's all relative to the person. So that's, yeah. Amen to that. I uh, actually have this conversation with uh, Mr. Tobin and Mr. Young every once in a while. I'm so glad I am not a teenager now oh, with wow. all the distractions. Right. So I feel like I did well in school and you know, was able to juggle everything I had. But with the multitude of distractions, oh. Netflix, your phone can entertain you for hours. I wouldn't want to be a teenager right now and try to juggle the things that I had. I don't think I would have been as good a student as motivated in my sports and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard for sure. I agree. Totally. Ditto. Ditto. Should we transition? Sure. Okay, let's go. Allie's going to lead us in this topic. Um, I'm actually really interested in this um, because I started, there's some podcasts that I'm listening to um, that talk a lot about meditation and it's, it's benefit and mindfulness. Um, so mindfulness, Allie, lead us um, into the education of, of mindfulness. We just have gotten into this this year. Um, and so I teach psychology. We have a unit on consciousness, which is just translated into awareness of ourselves and our environment. And we break it down into like how altered states of consciousness like sleep or dreaming, um, uh, drugs. And this year we kind of added meditation slash mindfulness. And I think growing up, um, I grew up in a pretty... Um, religious and conservative household. And um, when the word meditation came up, it was like um, religious oriented, like oh, Buddhism and transcendental meditation. And you know, like it, there were some negative connotations growing up with it. Um, but as I've gotten older, and I think as it has spread and is more common maybe in the United States than it was back in the eighties and nineties in my growing up. Um, I, I don't think the religious tie is as prevalent. Um, so we, we talk about mindfulness and really mindfulness is just is awareness is being being in this moment right now, and we also talk in psychology about our five senses. Um, and it is, you know, so many times we hear things but we don't listen, right? Or we see things but we're not taking them in. And it's so so simple. It's just taking a moment to like step back from the the busyness and the crowded headspace and take in your five senses and, and be aware of them. Like really, if I boil it down, it's, it's really that. So, um, you know, we had a guest speaker come and talk, um, Jenna Qualley, who 
really cool thing is that she is with the Wellness Collective. She also teaches classes at uh, Revolution Cycle, and she does yoga therapy, trauma-sensitive therapy uh, with yoga, and she does mine. She came and spoke over Zoom. It was a class speaker for us, and she said, as a, this was her example, she said um, the other day she was on Facebook, and she was looking through posts, and she doesn't remember the exact post, but probably something politically charged. And she realized that she was getting upset, which right there in itself is a big deal for people today. Like, I don't think people are even taking a step back and saying, like, labeling it. Like, I'm that made me upset. They just like blow off steam by typing. So she like put her phone down and put it away. And then she like took, just took a moment and she's like, I realized like my, my head muscles had such tension. And I realized like my neck was, I was, um, my shoulders were up and I was very tense. And I realized that I was kind of clenching my fists. And so she said, I just took a moment and like relaxed my face. And then relaxed my shoulders. And then I like took some breaths and like focused on my breath, not the issue at hand. And so you're taking in like, what was it that made me upset? It was, you know, and I don't know what it was for her situation, but what was it that made me upset? And what are, what it, what is it doing to my body? Let's kind of take in my five, do a little senses check. And then like, how can I reset? And I don't think we're hitting the reset button enough. Um, and I don't think that that in itself is religious oriented necessarily, right? It is just taking, taking time. And we also, I mean, it all ties together too, because emotional intelligence um, is a big thing that we talk about in, in psychology and emotional intelligence is like, um, awareness of others, emotions and feelings and reactions and emotions, uh, awareness of my own reactions and feelings. So gosh, what I just said seems like that upset someone and they didn't even have to say it. I just, I can, I can tell that it upset them. So I need to Daniel Donovan, take Daniel Donovan to do services. So we're, we're taping this at school, if, uh, if you can figure that out. <laughs> yes. Um, so I need to, you know, if I realize that I'm upsetting someone else, then I reel it in, right? And if if I realize that I'm getting upset, instead of like fighting back, I need to reel it in. And and that really not reeling it in is this emotional intelligence. And uh, I think it all kind of ties in with that mindfulness too, of like taking a step back and realizing. And I think as a whole population, we're terrible at that. We're terrible at that. And I do believe not only what shows in our, um, our actions, but our rate of mental illnesses too. I think that, that there's, they're all, it's, it's, they're what we're not separate beings. Like all of this stuff is tied into who we are. 
So yeah, we um, have taken a day or two to go over that in psychology this year. It's been a big deal. And I don't feel like I'm at all the expert on it. I feel like I have just dipped my toes in it this year. And it's been a really, it's been really healthy for me on a personal level too. Yeah. So as you were, as you were describing that and the, her scrolling through Facebook, it made, <coughs> excuse me, it made me think, um, I recently, I deleted Facebook oh, off my phone. I can still right. use it. Um, still use it on my computer. And this is how I kind of, um, do my podcast too, getting it out. So that's basically the only reason I have it anymore. Uh-huh. And to find out it's Jamie's birthday. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I found myself in the, you know, middle months of COVID just scrolling through comments and, uh-uh. <laughs> and just how, how, I don't know what the adjective is, but just to see the, the lack of emotional intelligence oh, yeah. on both sides. Oh, gosh. Uh, that it, like it honestly like hurt my heart, and then it just and then it just makes me. It always comes back to teaching for me in some shape, form, or fashion, and it makes me realize we've got to help these kids so they don't turn out to be mm-hmm. those people on Facebook. Amen. I also you know teach in English. I I want them to like actually spell stuff right because I'm like I don't want you to. Quick, quick story that doesn't that relates to that quickly, and then we got to take a break here. Um, I had a former student; he's probably like twenty-two now, and this is the grammar nerd in me. He did this really cool-looking craft project, and it was like these little, like these boards across. I'm not going to be able to describe it very well, but anyway, um, he writes the two words: live adventurous. And because live is a verb, it needs to be an adverb, which means it needs to be L-Y. And then I, uh, it just made me hurt because yeah. I was his English teacher. And then I consulted a few people. I'm like, do I message him and say he's wrong? Because then the spacing would be like off. I had enough people tell me, no, just yeah. just leave it. So. I feel like I've seen things that, like Hobby Lobby that do that, though. Yeah. I, don't, I think he probably saw something yeah. and mimicked it. So I think that... True. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about mindfulness. This is episode 19 with Jamie and Allie. We'll be right back. This is a shout out to all the gals, the guests and listeners of the show. Out of the infinite amount of things you could be doing with your time right now, you've decided to listen to this podcast. And I want you to know that really means a lot to me. And I appreciate it. So thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. We are back with Jamie and Allie. This is Wednesday with Wade, episode 19. We're talking a little mindfulness. So wherever you are right now, feel feel your feet on the ground or the you're probably, who knows what you're doing, I suppose. Um, but be aware of your senses. Uh, Allie, let's talk a little bit more about mindfulness. Um, I was telling you guys, I'm starting to get into this a little bit. Um, everything I hear says this is going to make you happier and make your life better. So I figured it's it's definitely out of my comfort zone. It's not something I would just, I would do without hearing some good things. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just kind of, for those that are listening that might not really know anything about this or maybe they're skeptical um just kind of talk to that 
audience? Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know if it can make you happier, although maybe it can. It's probably different. I would say it just um, makes us more aware of each other and ourselves and hopefully makes us better to ourselves and each other. And then maybe happiness is a byproduct of that, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I feel like, you know, when we're talking, we were talking a little bit about technology and I feel like uh, there's gotta be a, uh, pendulum shift. Services, please. Yeah. Services. A pendulum shift of like we are so our lives are so intertwined with um, social media that it almost has to, there has to be a breakdown, right? Of like social media, like we want to. Yeah. Do is there a time where we will just we will all be able to take a break or are we not aware enough to do that? That, I mean, there's, that's the, the, I will say one thing, if you don't mind me, I, I will say one thing. My daughter is four and she goes to apple tree North. Um, and the other day she said to me, when we get upset, we can just be quiet and take a deep breath and we can relax. And she was like doing it. And I was like, where'd you learn this? And she was like, at daycare, we do it. Mm -hmm. And then she said, you can, she told me, she was like, you can do it when you're sad, when you're upset, when you're crying. And it just helps you feel better and not be so sad. And I don't even remember the words that she all used, but she basically was telling me about mindfulness and she's four. Mm -hmm. And so if they're doing this at places like Apple Tree, um there is a shift right i mean we're gonna we're gonna start to see this as if it's being normal i don't remember them doing that for my son who's nine at apple tree i don't remember that being a part of his i mean he also didn't have as many maybe outbursts or reactions as my daughter did so he probably didn't need as much but i just don't remember that and now apple tree is doing that and i just i think that we are starting to see this shift and more and more people are embracing um social emotional learning as a part of life well and the thing is it's simple i mean if you really think about it it's not like this you need a phd to figure this out or you need to be a super healthy fit person to figure this out like i feel like really a huge majority of the population can can do this where you just like take a moment and focus on your breath like that's it Take a moment and focus on your five senses. It, whether you're four or you're 94, um, taking a minute to do that. And I feel like maybe generations before us didn't need that reminder, which is pretty sad. Hmm. We're kind of what we're going back to, reverting back to, reverting back to that. But I don't think it needs to be a long thing either. You know, it can be moments in your day of, of just taking that little break. I agree 100%. I think, you know, just as a culture, I think that we're just so focused on what's next. Mm. I think that's, I think that's a huge reason why we struggle doing that. Yeah. 
and I don't think it's modeled. You know, I don't I don't see many celebrities champion mindfulness. I can't even really think of anybody. I guess I know this one guy that I kind of follow uh, that that preaches meditation and this kind of thing, but you know, he's not an A list. A lot of times what they're doing, I do see some celebrities doing like meditation or something like that, but I, but it almost seems unattainable because they're like, you know, I'm a busy mom of three and I am not, when am, when do I have time to like quiet my life and take a step back? I, I don't have time to quiet my life. It must be nice to be a celebrity where you have like, nannies and cooks and and it se- and again if they are doing it then it seems unattainable but really what this is saying is like in the midst of craziness just taking a moment to focus on your breath your kids could be screaming your your students if we talk about teaching your students could be in the hallways speaking loud and it could be outrageous and you can take a moment to focus on your breath. And that's not, that's obtainable. You don't need, it can be done anywhere. Right. I think it's, it's really just about being intentional, intentional and creating that habit and recognizing those experiences, opportunities to do that. And I will say I'm not naturally, I'm a type A to do list. Yeah, I get stressed super easy. Um, so it isn't, it isn't, I say it should be easy, but it isn't. It is a habit, like you said, like it isn't always easy for people. It is a habit, I think, that I, st- I still need to remind myself of. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. All right. Anything else we want to touch on? All right. I feel like we're more mindful people now. Yes. That's good. Love it. All right, we're going to transition into a little thing I like to call the thunder round. So you've probably heard of the lightning round, quick questions, quick answers, thunder round, not quite as, as quick. It takes a little bit to think about the answer. <laughs> so I've got, I've got three questions for you. And then... Uh, Actually, we'll, you're we'll, the lightning asking the questions. And there you go. That's right. a good way to put it. Okay, I like that. All right. So I've got three just random, hopefully fun questions for you guys. Uh, the first one. If you were in um, a physical fight against whomever, uh, what animal would you want by your side to help you win that fight? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, so, so when I saw this the first time, I thought gorilla mm-hmm. was the first thing. That came to mind for me. So my answer is a gorilla. I just have a hard time seeing an animal take down just a big, mighty, chest-pounding gorilla. So that's that's my answer. One that I would not do is an elephant because historically... Um, Hannibal of Carthage, you know, tried to take Rome with elephants. That was like a secret weapon and it failed miserably. So an elephant would not be an effect. You might think they're large and they're big and they could stampede, but literally the Roman legions just moved out of the way. (laughs) So it was not very effective. Um, So that's my not. Okay. 
mm-hmm. know you didn't ask that. That's okay. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's so, I'm so glad you said that because I was debating between two and elephant was one of yeah. them. I thought you elephant did. was one of them because elephant is like my favorite of all yeah. time okay. animals. I just think they're so smart and they're big and they're beautiful. And they're, they're caring. They're so caring and they're, but we're fighting. Right. We're fighting. I knew you would think that because I so know you love me. Elephants. Oh my gosh! So I specifically oh, said I that to save you. I love you. Yep. So what, was it, what was the other one you were thinking? Of? Well, a lion. A lion. That's my oh. first. I mean, when you think of fighting, yeah, you think of the king of the jungle, this majestic being right next to you. So let's do it. The lion. I like that. Like so lion, not elephant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Can we do like, I mean, like, what about like a T Rex? Can we be extinct animals? Sure. There's no. Let's do a dinosaur then. Let's bring it back. Yeah. I like that too. That's good. I don't know if my lion would defeat your dinosaur. I don't think so. Well, the dinosaurs are extinct. Right. So there's that. But is it, and it depends on the dinosaur. How strong were they? What was it? Rex. I mean, yeah. you're not going to do fight like this. Little arms, <laughs> yeah. Just bite your whole lion's head off. Literally swallow yes. your entire lion whole. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. So okay. the dinosaur thing kind of transitions into the next one. Being his uh, history, social studies teachers, uh, if you could go back to a historic event, an event that has already happened, to just kind of be there and experience it, not necessarily you know, be in the middle of it necessarily, but just be an observer of an historic event, what would you choose and why? Love it. Do you know yours? This one's one's tough. Um, Okay, so I'm really, really passionate about the Elizabethan, like Queen Elizabeth I. Um, And I'm pretty passionate about the Spanish Armada. And basically, you know, the cap, it was this big struggle between Catholics and Protestants, Spain trying to attack England, thinking it was going to be an easy victory. You had Philip, the king of Spain, being like, you know what? England is run by a woman, so they are bad. <laughs> and they're Protestant, so God doesn't love them. And in the end, Elizabeth, kind of like her main, like, I am queen and I am awesome and I can do this and defeats Spain. And I just think that that would be, I just, I get passionate when I talk about that in class. I love Elizabeth. (laughs) I I admire this, you know, queen. Um, So I would say there. Isn't there, is there a Netflix deal right now on her? A show about her? Am I off? I try not to watch much. Is it? I don't know if there. I don't think that's the right Elizabeth. Right? Yeah, there's the one on like the current Queen Elizabeth, okay. Elizabeth II, which I've watched all those too. Love those. But this would be like Shakespearean England. Okay. I just, that's my favorite moment. I just, that's my history moment. Like it. It's weird because that's, not a lot of people would choose that, but. I would just probably be there thinking like, oh my goodness, the Spanish Armada is happening (laughs) right now. Like this is happening. 
Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I don't have as vast of knowledge of world history as James Hilton. Although I was, fun fact, a world history minor. Mm-hmm. But that was like you take three classes. Yeah. And it was like I took the Reformation. Oh, that'd be a good moment. The Reformation and the history of Islam. I took and I took one other one and that was it. That's all I needed to be. So my history is not as vast. But I, um, maybe for more personal than teaching, but I would probably go back to some sort of historical Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. We go back to the birth of Jesus or the death of Jesus, even though that seems pretty traumatic. I just, I am, I'm interested in what has been changed throughout history and what's the real story. Like, mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. Amazing. Just witness that. So that would be my love it. Mm-hmm. Right. When I think of that one, I actually kind of think about going and seeing the dinosaurs. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Be around that, not get trampled or eaten, but Mm -hmm. to actually see them in action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Totally. Okay. Uh, Last one here, the thunder round. If you had to flee the United States of America and live in another country, what country would it be? I'll start as you guys ponder because <laughs> their their eyes are both up trying mm-hmm. to think. Uh, I don't know much about Bhutan, but I've heard that it is one of the happiest. The people are very happy and they um, take a lot of pride and they kind of see the success of their people in their country based on the happiness. Mm-hmm. I think they have like a happiness index or I'm not sure what it's called. Um, but yeah, there's a show that I watch called The Kindness Diaries. You guys ever heard of that? It's where this guy just travels the world based solely on kindness, doesn't have money, and just needs people to do things for him to keep going. Anyway, he goes there um, because he heard that it's a very happy place and it just it looked cool and the people were awesome. So mm-hmm. that would be, that'd be oh. my pick. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that sounds really great. Right. Now I, I want to go there. <laughs> I don't know. My first reaction is like Italy. I I just mostly because of the food and the lifestyle. I could just you know drink wine and eat pasta. Mm-hmm. I watched an episode of um, Blues Up where they it was it was the Zac Efron Netflix thing. Oh okay. Where they went okay, to different. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't remember the name of the show. But they went to blue zones, so similar to the happiness, but this was parts of the world that have the oldest living populations. Centurions, largest um, centurions, and they went specifically to a place called Sardinia. I don't know, Italy. Mm -hmm. And they have like the largest population of 100-year-olds, people of long ages. And they asked, like, what's the secret? And they, like, followed these 100-year-olds around, and they, like, 
walked in the city square and they walked down and they would have a glass of wine with their friends and then they would they homemade their pasta and they would sit they have siestas in the afternoon not siestas but they'd have little mm-hmm. naps in the afternoon and then they would spend a ton of time their family lived around them so they spent a ton of time with family and I don't know I just think I've just romanticized yeah like Italy in my mind the yeah. the landscape the change of pace and when I see it in movies and granted listen I'm fully aware movies are not real but like the e pray love type of movies or the like I don't know I just the, I just I think yeah. the peacefulness or the change of pace is something right now in my life that sounds great if I were to flee yeah United States that they're very mindful I hope so. And they actually, they do not have, they um, don't have a high diet and protein. They actually eat a lot of carbs. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? They live long. Yeah, they eat a lot of carbs. But their carbs do not look like ours. Yeah. They fresh make their pasta. And they eat just a little bit of it and it goes bad the next day because it's so fresh you know they have to like daily go to the market and like take time in the market to pick out their doesn't that just sound lovely it sounds lovely you know what lovely. i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna be boring but brutally honest i'm choosing canada because even though these other places sound amazing to vacation I think that I would need familiarity with what I know and feeling comfortable. Um, And I know that's not the best. I mean, I know we should like broaden our horizons and stretch ourselves, but you know, if I could go to a place that speaks my language or might not have crazy different foods that I'm not used to, like I want to be able to find the foods that I want. I want to be able to go to, Target or Walmart. Mm-hmm. I want to be able, like, if I'm doing my daily life, I kind of want it to be similar to where I am now because mm-hmm. I like my life here. Yeah, no, I think so. I would like to continue that somewhere similar. I'm not judging them. Yeah, but going on vacation, that's different. I would choose like Bahamas or your places. But sure. living, I'm going Canada. All right, I like it. Trudeau. Trudeau. Seems, I'm, yeah. Seems like a decent guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad looking. I was going to ask. Decent looking, too. Decent looking. Love it. Okay. Canada, Italy, Bhutan. How do you pronounce it? Is it Bhutan? I don't know. I I just trusted that you knew. I thought you did, too. That's why I probably wouldn't choose a country. (laughs) That was big. That was bold. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Okay. Let's transition. It's now time for the one big thing. This is my favorite, favorite segment. One big thing is the one thing you want your students, um, you both have children, that you want them to remember and to put into action. So you can almost think of it as you have one lesson to teach in class. It doesn't have to be anything about social studies or Mm -hmm. psychology or whatever. The one thing you want them to remember and put into action. I don't care who starts. I'll go. Um, With teaching world history, I feel extremely lucky to just know so much history about the world that until I taught the course, I never knew. 
Um, and most people honestly don't know. I mean, I could bore a lot of people to death with the conversations and the information that I know. In fact, I do with my students almost every day. Um, but I just love that I know that information and I love that I know so much about the world and the history of other cultures, the history of, you know, I mean, I can tell you it, anything that's going on in China in a lot of their history. And I just think that's a really neat opportunity for me. So it's not that I want them to learn that, but the whole idea of world history is the multiple perspectives and the different cultures and the different experiences that people have, the different histories that people have. Um, and then also the, the commonalities that we have. You know, I go through all of these empires. I go through all these Chinese dynasties. I go through all of these things. And there's so many similarities. We can always say, like, why do empires rise? Why do they fall? Why did, there's so many similarities to the whole world. So what I really want them to get out of it is just truly that world perspective. I want them to understand more than just U.S. history, or let's just say it, like white history, Western civilization. Um, and so just, again, that multiple perspectives and really teaching that multiple perspectives to my students with history, with life in general, um, just carry on what we're talking about in that class to getting, like, we can say, oh, let's look at these multiple perspectives of um, the Colombian exchange and that trade network that went on. Let's get these multiple perspectives of how it impacted all of these different regions of the world. And then for them to be able to go to their families and say, okay, this action is going to impact this person this way and this person this way. And this is their thoughts on it. This is their thoughts on it. And it's going to be different and that's okay. And just to kind of be able to piece that together. Um, that's just what I really want. And I want that with my own children too. I just want them to have a worldview and multiple perspectives of just life in general. Now more than ever, you can now see, more than ever. now more than ever, you can see people's lack of understanding of history. If they yes. understood history, they understood the Constitution. They understood like if they understood those things, uh, it would be better for us all. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of lack of of remembrance at least yeah. if not knowledge of history and to understand some of the amazing achievements that these other civilizations have had and my students telling me like why do, why have i never known about this like this is a really big deal how have i never known about this we read an article about Mansa musa from west africa from the mali kingdom in like the 12 or 1300s i'm actually not sure on the date but he was known to be the richest man in the entire world the world has ever seen ever like the whole article was about how jeff bezos and steve jobs have and um bill gates have like nothing on this man and yet my students were like how come we have never heard of Mansa musa in our entire lives and he was the richest man in the entire world and we've never heard of him i said because he was from west africa what's the what's the term is it ethnocentrism or we yeah. just oh yeah just oh, yeah. we just care about yeah our own culture is that basically yes. what that is? Okay, yes. that's actually one term. Yeah. So I guess, yes, what I'm trying to say is to kind of dismantle ethnocentrism right. is what I want my students to get out of my class. Love it. Yeah. And I'm going to side note that and say she does a great job of that. Well, thank her you. Her passion for it, her knowledge of it, her. Thank you. It's um, admirable. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's transition to yours, Allie, your one, one big thing. 
Um, I'm pretty outward about this. I tell my kids this all the time. Um, years from now, they might forget what I teach. Um, but I like try and insert. I'm a, I'm big on you can do hard things. I'm big on you can't. I'm, I'm kind of like, a, I love listening to like motivational videos in the morning, like five minute motivational videos. And usually it's like coaches or it's like a line from Rocky. There's like a line from one of the Rocky movies where it's like, it's not how many times you get hit, how many times you get back up. And um, I think in a, on a very personal level, I've had a lot of hardships in life. And um, I guess uh, I, I did not choose any of these hardships. None of that. It wasn't like I made bad choices and my life ended up the way it was. It was these like random, you know, awful 1% of the population this happens to. And, oh, look, it happened to me. And um, I'm a big believer that I didn't choose that, but I can choose how I react. And my choice might be harder some days than others, um, but I'm, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose kindness. I'm going to choose to make this world a better place. And I don't know what that looks like for my kids, but um, I'd say it on day one. Like I tell them that I, I lost a child on day one and that I have a, an, another child with Down syndrome. And I tell them this not as like a feel bad for me, but as a, your story probably doesn't look the same as mine, but I know sadness. I know hardship. I know not wanting the life that you've been given at times. Um, but I also think that my life is beautiful. And I think that choosing to see beauty in it and choosing to see um, those things and making the world a better place. You know, you've heard that saying of like boiling water makes potatoes soft and that same boiling water makes eggs hard. What's the difference is what, what they're made of, right? And um, I want my kids to see that in my daily life. I like when we talk about Pavlov, for example, Pavlov was not a psychologist. He was a scientist who was looking at digestion in dogs and the dogs kept salivating before the food even hit their mouths. So you think that's a failure, right? And he discovered ringing a bell and the connection and he discovered classical conditioning and won the Nobel prize that year. And instead of being done there, then I go into like, look at what would have happened if he would have thought of himself as a failure. Look at how many, how many, he never would have won a Nobel prize for his first experiment. Failure became his greatest success of life. And I hope my kids learn that. I hope, I don't want to, I don't, I felt like when I was younger, hardships felt 
when hardships came my way was like, I, no one else gets this. Why is this happening to me? And everyone gets it. And no one's hardship is harder than others. And it's just what you do with it. And I want my kids, I want my students, I want my children to be the kind that are like rise, they rise above, they get back up each time they get back up and do it in a way that is beautiful. So. I love it. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, We're up against time. Um, Tough to, tough to top that anyway. Um, So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, We're going to make our NFL pick and then we're going to give some quick shout outs. And then Jamie's going to get on her way so she can celebrate her birthday. That's the plan. We'll be right back. This is Wednesday with Wade. Wade here. If you are a fan of the Warriors of Washington High, then I highly suggest you check out the podcast called The Warrior Way, led by Jeff Tobin and Grant Scouten. They visit with a member of the Washington High School community every week on Thursday that comes out. And you can find that podcast where you find your other podcasts. Again, that is called The Warrior Way. We are back with Jamie and Allie. We're going to finish off here. We are going to go uh, over the NFL games this weekend, and they're each going to pick a winner. Uh, If you guys want to pick the same team, totally fine with that too. It wouldn't be as much fun. But anyway. I don't know what uh, I was going to pick, so now I'm worried. There we go. Uh, The four matchups this weekend, we got the Rams at the Packers. We got the – Tampa Bay, I was going to say Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks. At the New Orleans Saints, you got the Cleveland Browns, who actually won a game in the playoffs for first time in forever, at the Chiefs. And we got the Ravens at the Bills. So those are the four matchups. We've got eight teams left. Uh, Jamie, we'll start with you. If you had to pick a winner this week, who are you taking? Well, I am going to pick the Bills. Okay. Because I kind of like an underdog story. And the Ravens, you know, the Ravens had been good in recent years, but nobody really talks about the Bills ever. And then the Bills also had a viral video just not that long ago of them, like, dancing and having fun at practice. And I just thought, you know, those people are my kind of having fun. They were having fun together. They were a team. They were able to relax, but yet they're playing well. I'm going with the Bills. I like that. I like it. I didn't see the video, but I like that too. Yeah. There's some college teams that are just really insane as far as the the fun, and they usually do well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got the Bills. Allie, what are we thinking? Similar to Jamie, I'm going with an underdog for sure, the Browns. Mm -hmm. I just, those are like, obviously, with the Super Bowl winners last year, and these guys have. Never, you know, like the amount of years that they've gone between it. So I am like, I'm, I'm gonna go for the Browns. So do you think they're gonna win, or are you just cheering for them? Um, is there a difference? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, sure. I think let's do it. We're gonna just. Claim it to be, it doesn't happen. They're gonna win. Love it. Okay. Bold, bold, bold prediction. What do I lose if they lose? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) nothing. But if they win, you would like. Love it. 
that's where I March Madness brackets work so well. Yeah, usually, yeah, the people that win usually don't know anything. Jersey colors and mascots and all that stuff. All right, ladies, we're going to finish off. I appreciate you guys doing this with me. Uh, The last thing we do is give shout outs to whomever you might want to. Um, So, Jamie, you want to? Um, well, I'm just, can I just shout out to my whole social studies department? Absolutely. Um, because we've just got some really great people in there. They're friends, they're coworkers, they're fam- it's family. It's kind of a running joke in our department that we're like a family and we are. Anytime you needed anything, any of those people would be there for, for you. Um, and they love Washington and they love each other. So I'm shouting out to the whole Washington social studies department. Um, you know what? She would. Because today, on her birthday, she got a Powerball ticket, and she said, if I win the Powerball, I'm taking all of the social studies department on a trip. And I said, what? I would never do that. I would never take the whole... And they all heard me. That wasn't a secret. I'm, I'm putting yeah. it on Powerball. Right. And they were like, hating on me and thinking yeah. Jamie was the golden girl of the department. Mm-hmm. And then on her shout-outs, she shouts out, yeah, listen. Well, you're a part of that. Listen, yeah, you're a part of that. I agree. Did you buy the ticket? No, Steve Stevenson bought me a ticket for my birthday. Okay. So I will I will probably give him some extra money. It's about a five hundred and fifty million dollar ticket right to Powerball right now. So I've got a really good feeling about it. Right. I said I would throw a big party for Washington too. There we go. Rent out a big place, do a big party, pay for everything. Right. I mean, isn't she great? So I want you to win. I love Washington and I love the socialist part and they make my day better every day. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to echo you. Uh-huh. I love my department too. We have a really good leader. Shout out to Jamie Van Sloten. Thank you. Nisma, who actually leads us so, so well. Um, and I'm going to do, and this means, I know I'm going to get prepped for this too. This is mm-hmm. what I'm stepping up. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to do a shout out to our new principals this year. I think they're doing an amazing job um, of leading us and leading us well and leading by example. Um, I come away from like a few faculty meetings, like uh, surprisingly kind of motivated. Like there's little one liners that, that Ms. Papke does that are more yeah. I gotta write. I should have brought something just to write. Not like schedule stuff down. Like uh-huh. where where focus goes, energy flows. That's what she said one time, and I was like, "Oh my, I got it, girl! You preach it." I that and and it is all about like taking care of each other. And she says, "Don't check email over this break." And it's like. Going back to mindfulness, they are preaching mindfulness. They are preaching mindfulness. And and today, just today, she came in and she said, I intercepted a girl that came out of your class. She was crying because she didn't pass your test and she's getting an A right now. So she thinks her A is going to. She said she's still in the bathroom crying. I said, I'd, I'd um, come in here and I'd work through it and see what hurts. She goes, but if my calculations are correct. <laughs> She probably was on the Jets team. Yeah. So she says, if my calculations are correct, she has like just a borderline eight. But let's make sure before I, so I plugged it in. I should have known. Listen, the Jets in me should have known, but I didn't. So I plugged it in. I plugged it in. And sure enough, 
Good thing for the new grading system because it was a 90.25. So she got an A still. Nice. And she goes, okay, I'll go. I'll go be with her in the bathroom some more. And I'm like, you know what? She's like, that's that's not what you would, as a list of things that a principal Mm -hmm. should be doing, isn't probably at the top of the list when you do it. But she's like in the bathroom with this crying student. And so I feel like. Um, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm real, I'm also into what makes a good leader really into that right now. And I think that, um, they have, all of them have a lot of qualities that, um, are, and I think they're working together as a team really good too. Yes. Um, and they just, they care about Washington. Yes. I think it's just evident. So I agree. And it's not a great year to, it's probably not the easiest year to throw this all out. So shout out to our principals. And I know I'm going to get crap for this because it's probably (laughs) that I'm sucking up, but it is not in any way that I just. I'll back you up. I'll back you up and support you if people get. And all around, can we just do a shout out to Washington teachers? I'm, I know it's a blanket statement, but do we not teach in the best school ever? Let's just put it this way. I cannot wait for my children someday to come here to totally. have some of these teachers. Totally. I am I'm so, so impressed. I'm so impressed. Like this year, they've gone above and beyond. I just think we work in a great place. I wouldn't work anywhere else. I'll say it. Nor have you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then the t- the, just to quick add to the um the story about the the bathroom you, you see that and it makes you want to be better yeah. and that's i think that's what good leaders do you see them him her whomever do good things and then that trickles down to the teachers and it motivates you to do better totally. I, I think that's huge Totally. My uh, shout out before we head out here is i'm going to go um, kind of a category of students and it's going to be the category of students that um, have to get to school in difficult fashions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's January. Granted, this winter has been pretty nice weather-wise. Um, but just seeing kids walk miles to school and to have to wake themselves up because parents aren't there or parents have jobs late at night and they just they have to find ways to get to school. And we kind of talked earlier about it, how, you know, kind of lucky we were in our situations as teenagers. Um, And some of these kids really have to be more than a teenager Mm -hmm. right now um, with their responsibilities. Uh, So shout out to those kids um, that uh, that get to first period on time and and overcome all of those obstacles and adversities to get to school. Yeah, I, I would like to end it. Obviously, I'm not leaving the show, but I'd like to end it by giving a shout out to Kipley here. Yes. We, since uh, Sloton Newsman and I have said that your positivity is contagious. It is downright crazy sometimes. I mean, the construction outfit for the first week was a little bit over the top, but (laughs) we are, we appreciate over the top. Yes. We appreciate dressing up and finding the fun. Uh, he has a whiteboard with quotes that I enjoy reading. I almost every day. Almost every day. 
Uh-huh. And you are adding to that culture of Washington. And who needs to take time out of their day to learn about their peers and do podcasts? And I shout out to you because this is amazing and you're doing a great work. We're proud to have you at Washington. I super appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, words of affirmation is my love language. Love language. So, we'll so feel the love. Feel I the feel love. the love right now. I appreciate you guys. Uh, when I started this and was kind of brainstorming, who do I want to invite on? Um, you guys were near the top of the list, just being fun gals. Oh, I wanted to right. have some fun with, so shout shout out right back here. Yeah, okay. thanks. And shout out lastly to Jamie again. Happy birthday! Twenty nine. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know what you got going tonight, but I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, ladies, for doing Thank this. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, uh, gals, the guests and listeners of the show. I hope you guys had a good time as well. As always, take care. And happy Wednesday.